0: This episode of Business Connection is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor Esser Hayes Insurance Group serving the Naperville community by putting an expert in your corner since 1941.
1: I'm Liz Spencer and welcome to Business Connection introducing you to the names and faces of Naperville area entrepreneurs and business owners. Today we'll meet with Natural Paths for Lymphatic Wellness will go on location to Aspire Winning Edge, but stay tuned for HomeWatch caregivers, all here on Business Connection. Welcome to Business Connection. I'm Liz Spencer. We have wonderful guests in studio. We have Denise Vaughn, President, and Paul Beach, Community Outreach Business Partner from HomeWatch Caregivers Home Care.
0: Welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. Denise, tell me a little bit about the business. Sure, sure. We're in a non-medical home care business here in Naperville, and what our goal is is to really help our families be able to stay in their houses, stay safe, kind of people say well what do you do on a day-to-day basis and we say well what would you do for your family sometimes it's helping with meals and shopping and taking them to appointments and then there's the other things that you don't want to do for your family which is bathing and toileting and dressing so that kind of gives you an idea of all the things that we do well it's a it's a
1: wide range and it's an important part of of what we need these days with with mom and dad and aging or with you know somebody that has an adult disabled kid and you need some respite care so so it's important very much. Um, tell me a little bit about how the role of the community plays for your business. You were a recent re- recipient of a Naperville JC's award so congratulations. Oh, thank you. And thank you, you. Well deserved. So tell me a little bit about yeah. community. You
0: know I've just been really lucky. I've lived in the Naperville area and worked here for about thirty years. I was a administrator at Edward Hospital. And While I was there, one of the things I did was always be involved in communities and boards. And when I was starting this company, I said, what can we do that I'm still able to help people but also be involved in the community? Because one of the things I find is that when people are looking for help, they really want to know who they're asking mm-hmm. for help. They're looking for a resource. So I'm at that stage of life myself right now where I'm working tons, I have four kids, and I have an aging parent that needs help and a parent that just passed away. So I think just by being in the community, you just never know what, you know, people know what I do now and I feel like they can ask me anything. Whether it's about home care or finding other you know facilities or communities, we, I mean, Paul and I, we just really try to be resources.
1: And that's awesome because sometimes I think it's just, that first encounter with Mm -hmm. somebody friendly who understands where you're going, what you're going through, and then suddenly the bond moves. How did you get involved with Denise?
2: Well, you know, it's funny (laughs) because it kind of goes right on that kind of train of thought. Um, I personally had the experience of my parents needing a caregiver. Now, Mm -hmm. they were on the East Coast, and I was here in the Midwest, so I had the guilt of not being there with Mm -hmm. my parents. So I also found out how important caregiving was. So I knew the importance of people coming in and taking care of your loved ones through that, I started to play it forward and do things of uh, you know, volunteering at my church. And from that, I was introduced to Denise, <laughs> and Denise is just a wonderful person. So um, she asked me if we wanted to uh, come on board and help her out, and I thought it was a great idea.
1: That's awesome. Because I too I am in that stage of life, and I, I have a dad, and, and I'm in that stage, and, and it, it just becomes a little bit of a, an unofficial club
0: it is yeah. it is
1: it is and 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 we keep welcoming new people to the club and that's where you come in yeah. so importantly with what you do because I can welcome in the club I can support it but you've got the resources
0: well you're right and you kind of bring up a, an important point too it's a club that I don't think all of us ever expected to be in yeah. right you know you think about you know growing up and getting a job and maybe getting married or having kids no one says oh my gosh you're gonna probably be taking care of your parents and not only are you gonna be taking care of them they don't want you to take care of them right so i I think that that we're kind of in this unique position and you know we have tons of stories but for the most part a lot of times when family members call us in we have to break it in gently that we're going to be helping and sometimes they'll introduce me as their daughter's friend who's just stopping by to say hello and kind of build that relationship because you know our parents have they, they're independent they want right. to be independent they think they can do everything on their own so it is a, a tricky club really to right. be a part of well and I think um you brought up an interesting point we have to kind of bring it in
1: when my father when mm-hmm. I first started down the road with both my parents it was a part-time situation you know that's why I had to introduce it a little help here mm-hmm. and there yeah. yeah yeah and um and then they got used to it and they actually grew to enjoy that person coming and exactly. chatting with them and And when that person switched, they're like, I can't believe she left. (laughs) You're so much trouble, and you're like, I can't believe she left. So, but how do how do people start with you on that service, and
0: and then you know how do they they pay for it? Mm Because that's the other concern too. Sure, sure. Well, and as far as there's a couple different ways that people will access us. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it is word of mouth or Mm -hmm. personal referral, uh, websites people check and they you know kind of see what's going on. But the first thing people usually do is then they call our office, Mm -hmm. and we have several care managers in the office who really spend be prepared, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour, just really listening about what's going on. And then we have an idea of what we may need to do and then we schedule an in-home assessment. And that's really to meet the family member mm-hmm. and really see, lay eyes, see mm-hmm. what's going right. on. And then also see what the, the housing situation is like. How safe is the house? What will we be doing for transferring or cooking, etc. So once that happens, we develop a care plan. And it lists specifically all the things that need to be done and what the person's normal routine is. I mean, what the goal is for home care is not to just completely you know, swoop in and take care of them. It's to help people take care of themselves too. And what you said about um, people loving their caregivers, that really does happen. Oh, it does. And it takes such a burden off the family because the family should really be there to enjoy their parents or enjoy their spouse in some cases. Mm-hmm not be doing all of that work. So what you end up finding is that the caregiving um, child or the caregiving spouse is just always in a better mood Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they don't have all that going on. But then that's how we start care. And then we set up a schedule. We're super flexible. And that kind of gets to your point you were making about how you pay for it. In general, you know, home care or any care that's needed you know, um, for seniors can be expensive. And so what you really need to do is plan ahead. Mm -hmm. The positive things are for home care is that if you have a long-term care insurance policy, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. If people have it, that's the first thing we ask. The other thing is, is that if a parent or their spouse was a veteran, that's another great b- benefit. In fact, the first time I found out about that and I knew my dad was a veteran, I started telling everybody at a, a at a party, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you ask if people are veterans. And then the third thing that's getting to be really exciting is that the Medicare Advantage plans are starting to add non-medical home care. Because Medicare really wants us to stay out of the hospital and mm-hmm. they realize that by having home care in your house, where you're able to keep people, you know, safer well-fed, healthier, taking their medicine will avoid those hospitalizations. So that just started in 2019. And that is a question we get a lot. Does Medicare pay for this? And the answer is it's starting to. So we'll work with families. The other thing we do to try to make it more affordable is to be creative on scheduling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are saying, oh, I would love to have somebody here all day. Well, then you have to think about, you're having one-on-one care all day. Is that really necessary? We never over-prescribe care. We say, what does the family need? When's the busiest times? When will people be safest? And what can they afford and try to put together a program for them?
1: Right. Well, I think the key is planning ahead a little bit yeah, and thinking ahead because it is important, I know, for my dad to be able to keep him in the home. That mm-hmm. has made the world of difference Absolutely. to his happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so, you know, we work hard to make sure we can do all of that. So right. and, you, and you're a key component to that, You're the business that you have, that you bring in these great people. So thank you so much for what you do. You're changing wow. the way people are, are living and everybody's living happier. So thank you. We're going to be right back with more Business connections. Stay tuned. Welcome to Business Connection, I'm Liz Spencer. We're on location today at the Kane County Sheriff's Office where Aspire Winning Edge is helping with their first responders. Tell me a little bit about how you met Jessica Ron.
2: So during my campaign for sheriff, I launched a video about the importance of being aware of police first responder mental health because we saw a significant rise and a consistent rise in police suicides and overall stress uh, job anxiety. So the whole purpose of the video is to say that there are resources that we can pull in, uh, as police administration to, to support our staff. So she saw this video and, uh, said, Hey, I know quite a bit about, um, first responder stress and how to reduce
1: it. So Jess, when you saw that video, you thought, Oh my, oh my, I can, I can help. Tell me a little bit about how you can help. What do you do?
3: Sure, so I blend a bunch of unique modalities that most oftentimes law enforcement doesn't know about. Uh, One is brain spotting, another is hypnosis, heart math, and performance coaching. And those modalities are modalities that we can use to take people where they are to get them to where they want to go without having the stigma around them feeling as if they have an issue. And that's really important as first responders. And so I reached out to Ron and said, hey, I have something you might be interested in taking a look at.
1: So, Ron, when you heard brain spotting and all these different modalities, were you like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know? Or did you think, oh, this is what we need and, and that she could really help?
2: Well, of course, I was like, cool, let me try it. So I went through a session myself and I was all in afterwards. So I wasn't concerned at all by any of the, the taglines or titles, but... I know walking out of it, it reduced my anxiety. It gave me one more tool to deal with stress, and I, I think I went through my first session maybe over a year ago or about a year ago now, and uh, I still use those tools every day.
1: Can you give me an example of a problem that you were or an anxiety that you had that you were trying to work through, and you thought and you used a technique that Jess gave you?
2: Certainly. I mean, I have to talk more globally on it because throughout a police officer's career, you know, you you start out in kind of a stage of euphoria where you finally get hired by a police agency. Perhaps you're fulfilling a life dream. And then five, six, seven years into it, after some violent encounters with uh, the criminal culture, uh, perhaps some personal life impact that resulted from shift work uh, and and additional job stress. uh, And you build up all of these blockades in your mind. So I can pick from any one Of those circumstances throughout the beginning of my police career that 5 to 10 years to 15 years into my police career really delivered a lot of anxiety to my life uh, professionally and personally. So um, if I had to pinpoint one thing, I would say uh, having just any violent encounter on the street, and I can point to all of them, they stick in your mind in some position. And when you're moving on to the next confrontation, or the the next escalated incident that you're responding to, your mind fires back to all of those previous encounters and makes you wonder, what am I gonna face this time?
1: Wow, and Jess, so you, because you work with athletes and you also work with first responders and you are all trained for this type of coaching and anxiety to help get that, that, that trauma to get, handled and erased as we go forward. So talk to me a little bit about how you do that.
3: Sure. These um, tools that I'm giving people, it's it's not just tools, it's education, stuff that we oftentimes don't get as first responders. And it's all about how our autonomic nervous system responds in that fight, flight, and freeze mode for survival. And with law enforcement specifically, we're in that state almost all the time, and it's not survival as we know it as far as fighting for our life. It could be as simple as um, a a call, just a regular routine call, or going to a grocery store. We're hypervigilant all the time, and what happens is is we aren't given the education, and so we don't know how to reduce that hypervigilance in our autonomic nervous system. So the tools that I use teach the first responders how to get rid of the cortisol in their body, and process it out and it helps them produce more oxytocin and dopamine um, and serotonin, the feel-good chemicals that we need to kind of maintain that homeostasis in our autonomic nervous system. And, And that's truly what we're doing for law enforcement and firefighters and EMS and dispatch is we're teaching them how to regulate their system through education and various tools.
1: That's amazing. Now you have a background in law enforcement.
3: Does that help? I do. I had to uh, experience all of these uh, various tools as not just an athlete but as a first responder and it was then that I went, there's something here. And the reason that there was something there is it was really private. When we process as law enforcement, we have a lot of thoughts. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. You do, I do. Mm -hmm. Um, Ron does. uh, The clients I work with do. And they're personal to them and they don't want to share. And that's what makes what I do so unique in that they don't need to share their thoughts and their feelings with me. We aren't having a conversation. It's not therapeutic. It's processing. So whatever comes up in their mind is safe for them. And I help guide them as long as they're processing it out and getting rid of that cortisol. And there's ways that we, we determine that through number systems and through our, our body. Um, But this particular process is great because it's very private and personal, and it's very safe.
1: So, Ron, what's been the response of people to justice program here?
2: Incredible. So, we've had everybody from our non sworn staff, so those are civilian employees that certainly have, uh, I'll use the term baggage from, from personal life and professional life because they still deal with some of the similar stressors that we do. And then, of course, on to our sworn staff, corrections officers, court security officers, our dispatchers, and our police officers on the street. And we've had some aged veterans come in, people that I never thought would sit down in front of Jessica for, for even a trial of it, and they watch out and said, not at all what I expected. Really cool experience and I feel much better and this has given me tools that I can use again, not just professionally, but personally. Uh, and me as a, as a sheriff, as, as the administrator of the office, that makes me feel fantastic that I can offer this opportunity to the employees. This could be life changing for somebody. It could be life saving for somebody.
1: That's awesome, yeah, I'm sure it will be. How is this helping you break down the stigma of seeing a health professional?
2: Certainly there is that stigma that exists amongst first responders and professionals in in general. And one thing I introduced to my staff when I first became sheriff is I told them, look, I see a professional, I see a therapist, um, and we're going to bring in several different components of mental health care. And Jessica was one of those unique components that is not necessarily seeing a psychologist.
3: Yeah, you know, um, the psychologists are awesome. Um, We have an on-staff psychologist at the agency. I work with and oftentimes they speed up the work that I do. They're very much needed in a lot of areas of what we do. What varies is I take a client from where they are to get them to where they want to go and oftentimes that processing happens in the subconscious part of their mind rather than the frontal cortex of their mind which is talk therapy. Talk therapy is very frontal cortex based where what I do is all subconscious based. It's all processing, it's all internal, and there's not a lot of dialogue that goes back and forth. It's very difficult to sometimes settle your mind and our mind is always going. We always have a list of things and what I'll do with a client is I'll teach them how to truly be in the moment and so there's an exercise for that. It's a game. But every game has a purpose behind it and an intention. For some people who come and say, hey I want to shoot better, it's a component of our performance is very important for a SWAT team, just for qualifications, whatever it is. And they're so stressed in that the harder they try, the more tense they get. Mm -hmm. So I have an exercise that I do to teach how to not try. What happens physiologically to your body when you try so hard? And I did it earlier this morning when I had a client here. Mm -hmm. Um, We did that try exercise and it's an instant paradigm shift for a lot of people. It shows them what happens to our body under stress.
2: That's a really great uh, connection between you started with athletes, sports athletes, Mm -hmm. but first responders are athletes as well. So you really see the crossover there when you go to the sessions. You know, it it does clear your mind up to be able to operate through
1: the various duties of your day. Well, thanks for stopping by both of you or letting me stop by and, and find out what you're doing. Jess, I think the world of you, I think it's so important. And now you're supporting helping to support our law enforcement that's a wonderful and winning combination so thank you so much awesome thank you thank you we'll be right back with more business connection Welcome to Business Connection, I'm Liz Spencer. We have a wonderful guest in studio today. We have Dr. Sylvia Hood Washington. She's a naturopathic doctor and chief lymphatic clinician and owner of Natural Paths for Lymphatic Wellness.
4: Welcome doctor. I'm so glad to be here, thank you.
1: So tell me first, let's start, what is the lymphatic system and and tell me a little bit about how it gets damaged. I don't think we think much about it.
4: Well the lymphatic system is a major system that helps us heal. And the lymphatic system is actually, it's described as like the sewage system of the body. It helps clean up bacteria, viruses. It helps protect us against um, uh, any kind of injury, uh, traumatic injury if you had like your leg is crushed or if you just go in and have cosmetic surgery and it's elective injury. Its job is to make the system reset. So we have all this fluid leaking out of our blood vessels from our veins and our arteries and that leaking fluid becomes lymphatic fluid and it's processed through lymphatic regional nodes and everybody knows when they get sick like oh my you know I have swollen lymph nodes in my neck. That's the lymphatic system trying to protect you against. We know that trying mm-hmm. to protect us against infection but actually it's like a spider web and it's all over our body. Two levels, uh, a very superficial level right under the skin and a deep level right around the stomach. So again, it's part of our uh, our immune system, it's part of our
1: system that helps us uh, recover from injury and disease. So when, you, when we ask about how it gets damaged, what role does obesity play in that damaging?
4: So imagine we had a stream, a beautiful flowing stream, Fox River or the DuPage River. And we know about dams, just imagine the entire river stream being stopped by dams, the flow stops. The lymphatic fluid sort of follows the path of our, our, um, our venous system, the blood coming back to the heart. And what we want to do is we want to keep that system flowing upward back to the heart and is being clean. If we damage it, we're putting huge dams, stones, and so it can't flow and that fluid backs up. Now the lymphatic fluid is different than like a regular swelling. You just think it's a bunch of uh, uh, like excess water. A lymph lymph fluid actually has protein in it. So when that protein-rich fluid is backed up, the body actually becomes very hard. And in advanced cases, there's like stages zero, one, two, three. Zero, you feel a little heavy, it's backing up. But stage two and three, the body actually becomes hard and actually deformed in its physical appearance. At some point in time, the fluid will actually, being dammed and blocked, will start seeping through the skin and causing gaping ulcers. And eventually it can lead to amputation, certain types of lymphatic cancer that they've already identified through like the studies. Wow, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. No, in fact, some people can think about their lymphatic flow being disrupted like on, when they take a plane and they're sitting still. They're not moving right. and that that um, you have a backup of uh, venous flow and lymphatic flow. So that's why we're telling people, put on your compression mm-hmm. stockings, your garments when you fly because you're not moving around and that fluid is not being able to return back to the heart. So it's it's a very serious situation when that system is damaged and then people who have cancer they know about lymphatic risks because in order to control cancer they're removing lymph nodes sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, and so suddenly it's like the piping in your house you know the water piping if you start cutting out pipes right the water won't flow in certain parts of the house and so then that will back it up so whenever the system is damaged whether by uh, removing parts of it by blocking it Um, and obesity does that. Obesity, the weight of the the fatty tissue is like those huge rocks in the dam and so it's pressing on the lymphatic vessels and lymphatic capillaries and it's backing up and now the physicians who are doing research know that obesity is uh, creating what they
1: call secondary lymphedema. Wow. Well, why is it important for somebody with this condition to see a certified therapist like yourself? Well, the manual lymphatic drainage
4: technique, which certified lymphatic therapists are taught, uh, is a specialized training. And so we're taught how to move that lymphatic fluid with a certain pressure and a certain movement. And we do it in such a way as if we're mapping out the body. We, we, A certified lymphatic therapist will look at your health history, they will look at your physical body, and they will see where that, those blockages are on the body. And they will move that fluid back into a path that it returns back to the heart. If we press too hard, right, on those lymphatic vessels and capillaries, which are very sensitive, then we can actually damage them and so you actually damage a patient by not moving it at the right pressure and in the right direction. A certified lymphatic therapist, I'm close trained, um, um, Gunter Close came from Germany in 1987, he's basically tree, uh, training the physical therapist, occupational therapist for over 135 hours of how to move the fluid, how to understand anatomy and physiology, and do it in such a way that they know medically will not damage the patient, but actually turn them to health. And most importantly, a certified lymphatic therapist who's ethical will give their patient the proper amount of time on the table. Mm-hmm. A patient cannot have manual lymphatic drainage and decongest that lymphatic flow if that patient is not on that table, really ideally for 60 minutes. That's moving fluid, 60 minutes. And then we're also, we also know, as center fellow lymphatic therapists, that once we move the fluid out, we actually have to tape their bodies or wrap their bodies or make sure that the bodies have compression garments so that that fluid doesn't rush back in. Why would you take a toilet and clean out your toilet, right, it's now flowing, it's not overflowing anymore, and then dump a gallon of trash back into it? Well, that's what they do when they move lymphatic flow uh, lymphatic fluid and not tape, wrap, or compress their patients. They're actually hurting them.
1: How do, how do people um, find someone like yourself? How do they begin that research?
4: The best way to get a person who knows how to move out congested lymphatic fluid is to go to uh, the Lymphatic Association of North America lana.org and type in your zip code and you will find a certified lymphatic therapist who's internationally uh, registered. Now to be internationally registered you have to take a board exam. I'm a clt LANA therapist so I set for my three-hour exam after completing my hundreds of hours of lymphatic training by one of the handful of lymphatic therapy schools in the United States if you want someone who's educated and vetted and demonstrating that they know how to move the fluid and tape and wrap, you should go to that site and find your therapist with a zip code, with your proper zip code.
1: That's wonderful. You're very passionate about this. Why?
4: Well, there is one other way in which a person can develop lymphatic disorders. Um, It's called primary lymphedema. So secondary was obesity, having surgeries would create secondary lymphedema. But I'm one of those lucky souls who was born with a missing or deficient lymphatic system. I have a very rare form of lymphedema called lymphedema disychiasis. That means that not only is my lymphatic system deformed from birth, but I also have other vasculature systems that were compromised. uh, Cardiovascular, I don't have the same kind of heart uh, health that you would have. Um, I have double and triple lashes, which Uh, can cause a lot of damage to the eye. So sometimes we have to pluck out 40 lashes. Uh, In my case when I became pregnant, my pregnancies were at a higher risk uh, because my body couldn't clear the excess fluid. So I've been suffering from birth. More susceptibility to infection and disease. A lot of food allergies. The lymphatic system is part of the immune system. So when you're born without it, Especially as a child, you're going to be struggling with, you know, re- recurrent infections, swelling, and as you get older and having children, complicated pregnancies, and then as you t- could progress, higher risk for diabetes, higher risk for obesity, higher risk for high blood pressure, because your whole vascular sy- system is not the same as a person born with everything intact. We were blessed. So that has given you a whole mission for life. Every day, I have to wear compression garments. So when I, it's, it breaks my heart because I know that um, with a lymphatic disorder I have to have my lymphatic fluid moved and I must be in compression. Um, and so when my patients come in and it's heartbreaking and they haven't been diagnosed, it's like why do I have so much pain? And I help them move the fluid off and then I make sure, uh, I love kinesiology taping for lymphatic drainage because a lot of people don't wear don't wear the heavy garments. It's uh, It's a blessing to see the relief off someone else's body and to be able to understand what they're suffering from and reduce that level of pain and discomfort.
1: Thank you for taking time to stop by and share this important information that um, everybody who has this needs to know and more importantly to advocate for finding the proper treatment for everybody. So thank you very much for stopping by. We're gonna be right back with more Business Connections. Stay tuned.